Hi, and welcome to another episode of Leadership Lounge. I am in Phoenix, Arizona, and I just saw John Maxwell. How you doing, John? Hey, I'm great, Jack. How are you? It's great to see you again. Oh, my gosh. I had such a good time talking to your people. They're yeah. beautiful people. Well, wow. They, they just kind of pulled it out of me. They were just, <laughs> they, they, I love their heart and their desire to grow and improve and yeah, learn. I, yeah. I think they're very... Uh, very special. Well, you're a favorite of theirs, right? Well, so thanks for it's the second time you've been here. Yeah, speaking well, to our group uh, it's and, my honor. So truly, my I just love to serve you. Well, thank you, and you have. And I, I, before we start, you know, just say that the, your teaching, your leadership teaching, has really permeated much of what we do here at NextStar. So you don't know it, but we do a lot of management level training classes for service managers and installation managers, sure. and so much of the leadership principles that we've learned we've integrated across our content. You know, it's not taught the way you do, but if you if you listen to it, he says, ah, I, I recognize that. That's from this book, so well, thank you for that. Of course, it's not taught the way I do it, because you make it better. No. You, well, take my, you take my stuff, apply it to where you are with do. your people, right. and that always makes it better. Yeah. I, I tell people, I want to give you, what I'm giving you, I hope is good, but then take it to great. Right, well, thank you so much. So <laughs> You're thank welcome. You. Well, you, we had you in, so the, the focus of, we're at our super meeting, right? This is our annual event. And uh, the focus of this is the shift, seeing possibility. And so one of the people we brought in was you. And, and obviously we'd brought you in anyway with any other name. But this idea, though, that, that, that this year in particular, we've really had to shift our perspective. Right? And so we had you come in and talk about Leadership, your most recent book. Right? Tell me why that book was important when you wrote it and even more important today. Well, what's interesting is uh, I just got lucky because when I wrote it, it was before COVID. Right. And, and it was important because I know this. If, if, uh, if companies and leaders don't move quickly, um, they will, they'll lose the edge. They'll, and, and so when I wrote it, I, I wanted to kind of help people kind of make decisions a little quicker and, and be maybe a little bit more fluid and flexible. But I didn't know, of course, of COVID-19. And when COVID-19 came, our whole, I mean, everybody got out of their comfort zone. Everybody all of a sudden said, what's happening to us? Yeah. And the tendency during a crisis, Jack, is for everybody to freeze. Yeah. See, what happens is the opposite of leader shifting happens right. in a crisis. I, I, I remember in 9-11, um, I, had a, I had a stewardship company that helped raise money for nonprofits. And we signed a contract every day. When 9-11 happened, from 9-11 to the end of the uh, end of that year, we didn't sign one contract. Everybody froze. Everybody just said, "Wait, wait! I got to see what's going to happen here." You know. Yeah. And, and so, uh, when when COVID came, all of us had that natural pullback. Oh my, what's happening? Trying to assess it. That's there's a natural right. period of time. So we don't want to like act like that's not right. I mean, humanly, rash, we have right? to absorb. Yeah. We have to absorb. Right. But 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 there comes a time when you say, okay. Uh, now, now I need to I need to start taking movement because what we do understand is see too many people accept their life they don't lead their life, mm-hmm. and if I accept my life I basically accept what somebody else has for me. Okay. If I lead my life now all of a sudden I can I can begin to get on that initiative positive side which is going to be helpful to me and helpful to others. So the book has just become huge. It's yeah it's it's it's. But I lucked out. But, but I, I tell people, I've also written books too late, you know what I mean, after the fact. And, and I said, wait a minute, we need to get back to that crisis. Nothing's right. happening right now. So I've missed it on both sides, but I, I happened to hit this one. But it was, it was purely, I didn't see COVID coming at all. I didn't yeah. see any of this. It just happened. And, and when it happened, people said, now what do I do? And leadership is just, it's just the book people have said, this is going to help me get going again. Yeah. Well, um, 
Well, you say that when the when you see the bandwagon, it's too late to get on, right? So <laughs> yeah, you couldn't yeah. write a book now about how to adapt to COVID. That would be a little bit, a little bit late. But yeah. but we, we we got a lot out of today, right? Thank you. And one of the things I want to set something up though, because you've been in a professional place for over fifty years, either as a pastor or as a leader in business, right? And you made a comment in there about the importance of of being the importance of shifting today versus 20 years ago, versus 40 years yes. ago. Speak to speak. what's happening now in the world from your 50-year sure. perspective, John. Well, it's, it, the, the world 50 years ago, when I started leading, what I say is if you just saw a bigger picture than others that you really became the leader because you saw more. Right, right. But things are moving so fast anymore, uh, Jack, as you know. Uh, more, seeing more than others see is being replaced by seeing before others see. And, and now it's an issue of timing and it's an issue of initiative and it's an issue of seizing the time or the moment because uh, fast is faster than it's ever been and forward shorter than it's ever been. So w one of the things I think it's essential is for people to be empowered, empowered to move more quickly than they've been trained. And I think that's the big miss to empower right. people to okay. move quicker than that we've been trained. We, you know, we're taught, well, I still don't have all the information before I make the decision. And one of the things that you have to learn very quickly is um, you have to make decisions based on a little bit less information, but because it's so important to start moving. You, movement creates action. My, my father used to do this parable with me, Jack. He'd say, five frogs on a log. Four decide to jump off how many frogs are left. I'd say, well, one. He'd say, no, five. Wait a minute. You said five frogs were on the log. Four decide to jump off. And you say there's five left. Yeah, he said, he said son, just because you make a decision doesn't mean you took action. And his whole, whole thing was you have got to jump. You've got to move. And I think right. that um, people, I think people need permission to do that. I think there's a kind of like, well, we, we, maybe we don't have quite all the context or the consensus. And I, I'm saying to people, while you're waiting for that last 10%, you're doing terrific damage to, to what you could. I mean, the last 10% isn't worth the wait. Right. Go move. Right. Well, you said it's, it's better to be first than fast. That's right. right. That's business, right. Better right? be first than fast. That's right. right. You got it. You, know, so you listen well, Jack. Oh, you did good, buddy. I got pages of notes here for, <laughs> just from today. So, so um, well, I, what I want you to do right now is you mentioned there's 11 principles that you speak of in leadership. And for the purposes of today, and I know um, you got to jump, but I want you, if you could take one that you find to be important, and let's talk about it. Boy, you know, it's almost like what, what's your favorite child, <laughs> you know, because there are 11 of them. I, I think that, I think that, um, oh my God, when I, when I became growth oriented, when I shifted from being goal oriented, to becoming growth-oriented, I would say that that shift has major impacted my life. Even today, I still feel the effects of, of making that shift because I started off being goal-oriented and, you know, here's what, I, here's, here's what I want to accomplish in the time that I want to accomplish it. And in fact, my first personal growth kit was a goal-setting kit. So I was all into goal-setting. And I, by the way, I think it's good to have goals. I'm not anti-goals. But but what I, what I learned was that... Um, that if you set goals, numerical goals, you'll, you, you'll hit them and then you plateau because you kind of say, okay, what's next? Whenever you're asking the question, what's next, you've got a faulty system going. 
uh, because you, you, you should never leave something. You should always be going to something. And, and so Earl Nightingale said, if you'll spend one hour a day, I heard him say this when I was about 25, if you spend one hour a day every day on one subject for five years, you'll be an expert on that subject. And I was still goal-oriented, and so I said, okay, well, I got it. I, I love leadership. I'm going to spend an hour a day every day on leadership for five years, and then I'll, quote, be an expert on leadership. That's that's not true, but anyway. Still working on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, the more you know, the more you know you don't know. So, right. uh, it, you know, experts keeps going further away from me, not closer to me. It. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, boy, when I started off, it was five years away. And now right. it's kind of like I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to get there, and, and we shouldn't get there. But here's the point. So I started with this five-year mindset, and, and, and so I'm doing it. In a five-year, okay, five years, I'll be in leadership expert five years. And so how long will this take? Five years, how long? And so I'm almost like a Cape Canaveral in a countdown, five, four, three. You know, oh, my right. gosh, I, I'm getting I'm almost good. About halfway in that five-year process, Jack, I saw that I was just internally changing. And my perspective was different. And all of a sudden, I, I realized there was incredible growth within me. And I went from the question, how long will it take, which is a goal-oriented question, to how far can I go, which is a growth question. And I can tell you, how long will it take? It's a finite, definite end game. It's got a finish line. How far can I go and grow? It's an infinite game. You never get there. And so that, that shift from being goal-oriented to growth-oriented at 73, it's, it's kind of like where many, many people say, well, you know, I've, I've, I'm done. I'm, I'm not done. I, I, I don't plan on being done. I would I, imagine, John, if you look at where you are today, you have got to exceeded every goal you could have set when you were Much more. 30. Honestly, much more than I would have ever. Yeah. I, no, I, I tell people I couldn't do a goal-setting seminar with integrity. Really, I couldn't. Yeah. But, but – but it's because I've become growth-oriented. Right. See, see, here's what's beautiful. When you're growth-oriented, you, you can got still... got more, I was what I'm saying. You did more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Right. The, 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 when you're growth-oriented, it's yeah. kind of like you, you may pass some goals that you had, but it doesn't really mean that much because it's the growth that is what's vibrant within you. And how many times I've talked to people that, honest to God, the game's over for them. Yeah. And they're looking at me, and they have so much more to offer. I mean, they have so much more that they could uh, add. But because they were goal-oriented, they stopped. And, you know, I tell people all the time, when you, here's the problem. When you cross the finish line, you're finished. What, what part of that appeals to you? You know, right. it's over. Your best days are behind you. I mean, who wants to have their best days behind me? So when you're growth-oriented, I don't think there is a – I don't think – there is a finish line. I, I think you die still pressing and still reaching and still stretching and still learning and Got still it. growing. Very cool. I yeah. have one more question for you. Yeah, John. go okay. ahead. And it hit me as I was hearing some things, and this is a, we haven't talked about this. What have you learned recently that's exciting? Oh, my. The thing I'm going to give you now that is just, I'm just totally passionate about is I wrote a book called Change Your World that comes out at the end of January. And I have an answer. I think it's a pretty wonderful place to be when you know you have an answer that people need and that if you can communicate it well, it's going to really make a difference in their lives. And uh, I, I think that I'm, I'm kind of leadership sad right now. I'm leadership sad. I, Why don't you talk about that? Well, I'm just leadership sad. I, I, I just think leaders are failing 
the people constantly. I, I and I think in every area. I, I, I would. It's I'm October eighth right now. Yeah, it's October. We've got, we, right we we got, got a lot of leadership stuff. Going yeah, on. we got a lot of leadership stuff, but it's it's pathetic. And, and I, 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 the first thing I think is I think most leaders put their agenda above the people. I, you know, I, I just think that most leaders, it's more about who they are and what they want more than where are the people, and, and they don't take time to find the people. They don't have to take time to, to, um, to help them. And and so anyway, I'm 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 I'm, I'm leadership sad. And I think the reason that we have such a leadership deficit right now is I, I think we've lost our we've lost our way, and I think we've lost our way because we've lost our values. Mm -hmm. I, I've never seen our country so value deficit as we are right now, and I think two things: I think we've lost our values, and I think we have lost the the importance of valuing people. And it's a double-edged sword. It's a values double-edged sword. It's it's that we fail to value people that are different than us. We fail to value people that disagree with us. In fact, we're, we're divisive and instead of inclusive. So, so we we fail to value people. So what happens when you fail to value people? The automatic response is you devalue them. It, you you don't hold right. this. You're either adding neutral. value to people. It's not neutral, yeah. or you're or you're taken away. So you put that with the fact we've lost. Our values, the things that are, are, are integral to the soul and the heart of a, of a person's life, and and it makes me extremely leadership sad. And so, I, I've I've written a book called Change Your World, which is all about how to how to uh, teach values in small groups. Okay. And uh, we've we've done this now with nations. Uh, we go in by the invitation of the president. We were in Guatemala, Paraguay, Costa Rica. We're getting ready to go to New Guinea and Rwanda. And uh, we, we come in and we teach values in small groups. And we're just seeing incredible life change. We're going for what we call the tipping point, Malcolm Gladwell's 10%. Mm -hmm. If you can get 10% of people learning, living good values, you can begin to move a nation. And, and, so, and we're bringing it to America this year when the book comes out. So I'm very excited about it. We've written curriculum for kids, values curriculum for schools, values curriculum for adults in, in small groups, what we call transformation tables. So when you ask me, where, you know, what am I learning? What I'm passionate learning about is I, I just believe that I just believe that the next year is going to be my most important year to add value to people and help them, and and I'm very excited about it. That's not a small. I'm going to say goal. That's not a small growth opportunity you're talking about. Yeah, big. Yeah, that's great. It's bigger than me, but everything's bigger than me. I that's that's how you know. Yeah. I tell people all the time, go over your head. When you're over your head, it doesn't matter how deep the water is. You're over your head. So. You know, dive into the ocean. Right. Quit, quit looking for a 10-foot pool. You know, you said something today in this session. It said that there was a benefit of COVID, which you got everybody out of its comfort zone. And that's kind of what you're talking oh, about, oh, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. To talk about that real quick. Well, it, 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 we only do well when we're out of our comfort zone. and But we don't naturally go out of that comfort zone. And so we choose to stay in the things that we're in at the ease. End of the pool, in the right. shallow end of the pool. Right. But, but every once in a while, COVID-19 didn't ask us it threw us out of the pool. Yeah, I mean, we're, there isn't any person that isn't out of their comfort zone right now in an area. And, and, and that's healthy because now that we're out of our comfort zone, we'll try things we haven't tried and we'll experience things we've not experienced and, and, and we'll receive things we've not ever received. So I think five years from now, people look back at 2020 and, and it's kind of like a year of a wilderness right now because a lot of wondering. Yeah. 
kind of a blanket of depression across the country. But I think they'll look back five years from now and they'll say, oh my, look at all the incredible creative thinking, ideas, yeah. inventions, innovations that took place during that time. Look, look, look where we are today that yeah. would have never happened without COVID-19. Well, you said that you, in your learning lunches, you asked seven questions. And one of those questions is what's the, one of the greatest lessons you've learned? And you said that you've heard a lot of different lessons, but when there was a common thread, and I'm going to end it on this. What's the common thread? The common thread is the lessons are learned out of our difficult, adverse times. Lessons aren't learned at success. We're too busy right. celebrating. Right. But, 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 but when, we, when, we, when we have adversity, it causes us to do gut checks, mind checks, and it, that, that's, that's when we make our best changes. So we're going to look back on this. Oh, we will. Time. No question. And no question. From it. And it's a choice. Everyone has the adversity. So now the question is not, did we have adversity? The question is, did we take advantage of the uh, adversity or did we let the adversity yeah. take advantage of us? Big difference. John, I'm not going to say anything else. That's the perfect <laughs> closing message. Thank you so much thank for you. your time. Thank and you. an audience, thank you for being with us here at Leadership Lounge. This is Jack Tester. My honor to be with John Maxwell. My we'll honor. catch you next time. Thanks so much. 